Hey guys, we just want to remind you that Outside the Ring Wrestling Podcast is not only available on SoundCloud. You guys can search us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio for Outside the Ring Wrestling Podcast, and you should see us pop up. So please download, give us a five-star rating review. It really helps us out with getting this podcast to be way better than it is now. So without further ado, here's the show. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Cree, and you're listening to another edition of Outside the Ring Wrestling Podcast. It is just me this week. Paris wasn't able to make it, but... With nonetheless, we're going to get into the show. We're going to talk about everything from Raw and SmackDown. Even though I didn't get to really get into SmackDown until like the last hour or so, we're going to talk about things that actually stood out and actually mattered. And of course, you guys know Sunday, No Mercy on the WWE Network and traditional pay-per-views. It is going to be huge. We're going to get into predictions and all all of that mumbo-jumbo. So with that being said, we're going to go straight into wrestling news and things that happened within the, re- the week that was kind of like important towards wrestling. First thing first, we want to give our condolences and our love to the family of Bobby Heenan. He was a world-renowned commentator and manager in the world of wrestling. There, He's like the standard in terms of commentary and in managing any superstar, new and old now. He's going to be missed. And I want to give all my love and condolences to his family on the loss of their father, husband, brother, whomever. He he had like a huge mark on the world of wrestling and he will never be forgotten. And I honestly can see his influence is gonna be like an even stronger presence in WWE, kind of like when Dusty Rhodes passed away. His influence was really, really high in terms of the development of the NXT kids. And so even in the world of commentary now, we're getting better with our um, selection and who gets to be on commentary, who doesn't, who gets to be broadcast on um, the broadcast partners. So, with that being said, rest in peace, Bobby Heenan. Next, um, WWE actually is bringing back the Starcade event. This is um, a vintage event they have many years ago. They're actually bringing it back for November 25th. Um, it's going to be a SmackDown Live event. And I believe the main events are two different kinds of steel cage matches. I know one is going to um, actually deal with Natalia and Charlotte. I'm not sure who the second um, steel cage match will be, but I'm going to assume it's Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura. If I'm completely incorrect about that, I apologize. I should have looked at the match card even closer because I had seen it floating on my timeline since the beginning of the week, but I never really, you know, clicked on it to really absorb and look at who's wrestling that night. But um, I would say that it looks as if Starcade is going to be a network exclusive. Um, it would be cool if it is, just because, you know, this was an event they had many years ago and they're bringing it back. So I imagine they're going to have a lot of surprises and things of, of that nature for SmackDown leading up to whatever event would be next for them. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be after Survivor Series, so... It's kind of hard to determine if, like, the championship would will be, like, switched around. People will be champion that weren't champion before. So hopefully it does something different. It shakes it up a little bit because I know SmackDown Live specifically right now is kind of drowning in lack of creative juices and <laughs> lack of good storylines and things that make sense to the fans and to longtime watchers. So there's that. Um... I want to give my congratulations to Nikki Bella and her sister, Brie Bella, because they just debuted their brand new wine, um, Belly Radici, and they 
show um, on the website, actually, that they have two different kinds of wines. They have a white wine, which is a Sauvignon Blanc, which is kind of like a dry white wine. It's not very sweet. And then they have a red blend, which what I would assume is actually sweeter than what the white wine would have been. And congrats to the sisters. They debuted it yesterday, I believe, and the red blend is already sold out. Um, I believe each bottle of wine is $30 plus the shipping. I'm not sure what the shipping is. I, b- I think I may have seen it may have been $22 or so. But nonetheless, if you're a wine drinker or even if you're, like, of age and you love the Bellas and you just want to support it, I definitely recommend doing it. I'm going to eventually one of these days try the wines out. Personally, I'm not a big wine fan, but anything to support the girls in WWE, I'll try to do. Um, also, to Nikki Bella, congrats. She actually did start Dancing with the Stars this week. I wasn't able to watch because I actually was watching Raw and I completely forgot that Nikki was performing that night. So I never really asked the Bella fans on my timeline, you know, can one of you guys let me know when she's about to perform? So when she did perform, I actually missed it. So congrats to her. I hope that she is very successful on the show because she's not the only WWE superstar to do it. I remember Chris Jericho doing it a couple of years ago. Um, I just hope that she goes very far. She does whatever she needs to do because I miss her on SmackDown. But I'm always here for the women getting their own opportunity to do their own thing outside of wrestling. I often find that sometimes when the women are doing outside um, endeavors, people tend to shit on them. Whereas with the men, the men can do anything they want and they don't really get as much hate in terms of like them stepping out of the ring. But with the women, it's a whole different story. But congrats to Nikki. Congrats to Brie. Much success to the Bella Twins. Like, I know they, like, rub people the wrong way sometimes, but I, I really do admire that the Bella Twins are trying to build themselves a decent life for when they no longer wrestle. Because, honestly, now that Brie is a mom, even though she is coming back to be in the ring one day, I know that her retirement, as well as Nikki's retirement, is coming very, very soon. So the fact that they're building great opportunities for themselves I know that Birdie B is coming out soon, which I believe is their underwear company. That's going to be great things for them, especially because they have such a huge following in WWE. So kudos to them. Um, And next is something I was going to probably talk about in my rant, but I think I'm just going to talk about it now because it is, um, it's kind of sad. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. When SmackDown was coming on, I was probably leaving to get to my house. I was on my way home. And, you know, I was reading my timeline, as I usually do sometimes when I'm on my way home from work, school, Paris' house. Like, whenever I'm going home and I notice that wrestling is on and I'm not home to watch it, sometimes I'll read my timeline to see if it's worthy of, you know, watching it when I get home or should I just wait and then, like, let my DVR do its thing and I watch it the next day. So people were saying, oh, you know, Jinder's promo was, like, really, really bad. And so... Personally, to me, sometimes when I listen to wrestling fans, I, I have to judge very carefully on what you determine to be bad. Because like like anybody knows, wrestling is subjective. What you find good, I might find awful and vice versa. And so when people were saying, you know, Jinder's promo was really, really awful, I was like, um, so I, I posed the question. I was like, is it really that bad? Because for me personally, I find whenever people of color are on the mic in WWE, people make it seem like it's the worst promo in the world. And we've seen that so many different times with some of my favorites. Like, I remember Roman, like, the way people talk about Roman and his promo skills 
it, I feel like it's a gross exaggeration. Same thing with like Naomi and all these other people who have accents that aren't like you know you know um, from predominantly white areas like. She doesn't sound like a valley girl. She doesn't sound like she came from Europe. Her accent is very country. You can tell that she's been around black people all her life. Like, you can tell she's cultured in that way. So I feel like when she or Roman, I feel like the Usos don't get it as bad. But sometimes when the Usos used to speak, people used to make it seem like, oh, my God, my ears are bleeding. They're so bad. Why can't they talk like so, so, and so? And I'm just like, the only thing that vi- that differs in this particular promo versus the specific person they're mentioning is whiteness. Because there are so many white characters on that roster who, to me, aren't really great on the on the mic. But I'm just like, you know what, for me, mic promo skills don't really matter. I feel like if you can't wrestle, then you, I can't talk to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because all day, Enzo Mari can, like, sweet talk y'all with his promos but he can't do anything for me in the ring and I think that's what matters more so than anything I feel like if yes you know Enzo Mori was probably like a manager then it would make more sense to me because you know what Paul Heyman can't he bumps every once in a while but he's not a wrestler so I'm not expecting anything physical out of him but of course he has to sound good on the mic because what else are you offering us at this point so with that being said you know some people was like it wasn't that bad, but it was very xenophobic or very racist in that sense, where he was making reference, references to Shinsuke Nakamura being Asian and how sometimes, you know, if you're an Asian person learning English, certain words don't come out like how it does if you've, you've, spoke, you've spoken English your whole life. So when I didn't get to see the full promo in itself, but I have noticed now that WWE has taken it down and they have given a statement because there was a reporter who was like, you know, if you're at the wrestling show, please email me or DM me about the promo so I can write the story. And I was kind of flabbergasted only because I feel like there have been so many mentions of racism with WWE over the last two years, if anything, probably more than that. And not one reporter has said any fucking thing about it. I feel like now, when a person of color, even though I'm not going to defend Shinsuke being attacked by gender, but I also know for a fact that gender didn't write that promo. Like, I know there's a white man in the back in creative who wrote that promo and thought it was fucking hilarious. And I'm just so disappointed. Like, and I know gender probably felt really awkward and weird about doing a promo, I having not even seen it, I know he probably wasn't comfortable with it. But I do kind of hate how with creative, you know, they give these promos to these superstars. And then these superstars are now left to dry now by these fans because the promo was bad. And I'm pretty sure the superstar knew the promo was bad before they even went out there. But they were basically trying to make shit out of, lem- like, trying to make lemonade out of shit. And it's just like, you know it's impossible. But they try their best. And I feel bad for gender, I feel bad for Shinsuke, and I feel bad for any Asian person that is watching wrestling, and not just Asian as in Chinese, Japanese, Korean, I also mean Indian people, because now we're looking at two Asian people who are feuding and they're being reduced to xenophobic comments, and it's just like, I don't know, it's not fair to them. Um, I'm disappointed that WWE went that route. I felt like, you know what? Gender could have used so many different things about Shinsuke that people say on Twitter. And sometimes, you know, I do kind of get annoyed when 
promos are used by like certain things people say on Twitter. But I feel like at the same time, there are like a time and a place for certain things to be said on TV. And this let this be a lesson to WBE because y'all have let it do- y'all have let it slide like a lot a lot of times. You've had your all white American boys face your ethnic bad guy, as they would say. And they've said all they want to say about these ethnic bad guys. And it's been great. It's been grand. Go USA. But, like, you need to realize that's just as harmful as another person of color attacking a person of color. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just really annoying. And I hope that going forward with the rest of this feud, I don't know what they're going to do with Shinsuke and Jinder, but I just hope that they clean it up and they're, they're careful. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I'm just annoyed that it took for a person of color to attack another person of color for y'all to care. Because when Randy Orton was saying his things on Twitter and, you know, we had other people talking about ethnic people on live television, it was nothing. But now Shinsuke is being attacked by gender and gender looks like the stereotypical, like, you know, bad guy to whatever's going on in the world right now is just like, okay, let's attack him. Let's attack WWE. They're careless. They should have known better. Yeah, right. All right, y'all. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back to quickly review Raw and SmackDown Live. And then after that, I think I'm going to just go straight into the new, um, no, the No Mercy predictions. All right, guys. So Monday Night Raw happened this week, and it was pretty good. Like, I like, Raw has been doing its thing for the last couple of weeks. And in retrospect, SmackDown has kind of been dwindling in certain areas. But at the same time, the main event was pretty good as well. So let's just get into Raw first. Um, I'm just going to talk about certain things that happened on Raw. I'm not going to cover the whole show. It's just it's pointless at this point. You guys know we're on our way to a pay-per-view this weekend. So, of course, people are trying to hype up No Mercy already. In itself, No Mercy, I can't imagine this pay-per-view being bad just because... The two main events that we have, because at this point, they are co-main events. Um, first things first, let's talk about Jason Jordan. So, you know, The Miz has kind of been having, like, a salty feeling towards Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan. You know, obviously, towards Kurt Angle being the GM for Monday Night Raw, he feels as if the, his championship and, like, his team has not been given the respect that they deserve. They feel like, you know what, the Intercontinental Championship is that championship. It is something that needs to be revered, respected, and defended. And he felt a way about the fact of his championship not even having a match for No No Mercy that's coming up this Sunday. And so, you know, Kurt ended up obliging The Miz and allowing for a fatal way to be um, conducted in which the winner would have The Miz on Sunday. And to my knowledge, I believe the Fatal 4-Way was supposed to be Elias Samson, the Hardy Brothers, and I want to say Jason Jordan also. And so that Monday night, Jason Jordan actually stormed out there because you know The Miz. Sidebar, congrats to The Miz and Maurice. They're having a baby, which is so crazy to me that they're going to have kids. I don't know why. Um, I always, just based on what I've seen on Total Divas, they're such a great couple. I really do love them together. But I always assumed, at least based on what they showed us, they didn't want children. I assumed that they just kind of wanted, you know, to adopt as many pets as they would like and then have 
their um, jobs of WWE superstars and then flipping houses. Congrats to, to um, Ms. and Maurice on the little one that's coming. I already know their baby is going to be a um, future Hall of Famer. I already know the Daniel Sutton baby and their baby is going to be like top two talents in whenever they grow up and decide they want to be wrestlers. So congrats to them. But of course, you know, with um, Jason Jordan, you know, he didn't, with the storyline, he didn't have Kurt Angle in his life. So, you know, The Miz is making a point that, you know, when this baby gets here, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the, the father that Kurt Angle should have been. And you know, um, Jason comes out to defend his father. And he basically lets Miz know, like, if you disrespect him again, it's going to be a problem. And so, The Miz makes it under, very understood that n you're not getting through me, you're not getting through my mistourage. And so, Jason Jordan then tells Kurt Angle, you know, in addition to the Fatal 4-Way, add Bo Dallas and add um, Curtis Axel because at the end of the day, he's not afraid to take out all of them so that when he wins, the Miz can't say it was a fluke and that he needed Kurt, this, that, and the third. So Kurt approves the match. And so it's going to be like a Fatal 6-Way or like a 6-Way six 6-Pack six challenge now, which <clears throat> even before the match happened, I was kind of under the impression that Jason was going to win. I just hope that in the upcoming weeks with this feud with him and The Miz, they really develop him to be a bad guy. Because as of right now, he's just not being received as a good guy. And I feel like sometimes it's hard when the guy is talented, but he's just not connecting with the crowd, which is what's happening with Jason Jordan. But ultimately, like I was saying, Jason Jordan won the match, and then he gets attacked by The Miz and Mr. Raj afterwards. And I know a lot of people were upset that Jeff Hardy didn't win, but I feel like, you know what, Jeff has had his career in WWE. I think when older guys come into WWE again, we tend to forget that 99% of the time, their whole position being here is to help put over the, the younger guys now. You know, they had their time. They had their opportunities to be who they want to be. And of course, while I would love to see Jeff become a five-time Intercontinental Champion, I just think right now we need to look at building younger talent. Because at the end of the day, he is still the Jeff Hardy. You know what I'm saying? So, there's that. Um, next, we have on the list, Bailey returned. So, for the women's segment, it was Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. And, of course, Alexa Bliss was not trying to see Nia Jax anywhere. So, they have their match. And Alexa is actively trying to avoid it. She's trying to run away. And at one point, she actually leaves the ring. She's about to leave the arena, actually, because she does not want to face Nia Jax. And then Sasha Banks' music hit. And so now, Alexa is stuck. So, she goes to try. Well, at least she tries to go back to face Nia. And Nia clotheslines her. Knocks her spirit out of her body. They continue the match. And, of course, Nia Jax wins, but as she's going, you know, she's going to take her bow, basically, after she wins. Sasha Banks immediately attacks her. And so at this point, before Nia can even get the best of Sasha, Bailey comes out. 
And I have to say, I miss Bailey a lot. I know Bailey was kind of getting flack from the WWE Universe because as of right now, her booking has not been the best. And I, I think it sucks that when booking is not great, you take it out on the superstars. Even though it is kind of a way of letting creatives know that they're not working out per se. But I feel like with Bailey, you know, she's such a loved character, especially at NXT. And then now where she is at, people are just kind of disrespecting her because she's not getting the best booking and it sucks. But... With that being said, they all get Naya out of here. And, you know, Sasha and Bailey go to hug each other and raise each other's arm. And then Alexa is kind of trying to fake being nice with them. And they immediately just attack her. Um, Sasha kind of punts her with her knee. Bailey hits the belt, um, Bailey to belly. So there's that. It's then later announced later within the night that Bailey will be in the fatal five way now. For the women's championship at No Mercy. So in addition to Alexa Bliss, Emma, Sasha Banks, and Nia Jax, it is now Bailey. Which at this point, I'm it's it's like a clusterfuck because we're trying to fit every girl in. But I think it's gonna work. And I'm kind of excited now because we've been getting vignettes of Asuka. You know, Asuka um, had to give up the title down in NXT and it's been announced that she's actually gonna be on Raw, which I'm excited for. At the same time, I wanted her on SmackDown. But you know what? I think Raw needs it too. Um, and I, I think we've also been hearing rumblings about Paige coming back very soon. I think Paige will be going to SmackDown, which is also great. So next we have Strowman and Brock Lesnar. So there was a promo that they had, you know, kind of like similar to what the one that Samoa Joe and um, Lesnar had for their match at um, Great Balls of Fire. It was like a side-by-side -side via satellite type of thing where they're basically talking to each other. They're basically letting each other know, like, I'm going to beat you. No matter how much of a threat you think you are or how people tell you you're a threat, I'm going to beat you. And I'm not going to lie. This promo kind of fell flat to me. Um, only because, I don't know why, son. Like, it's something off about this particular promo. Like, I think maybe it was the beginning point in which I believe Michael Cole had asked him, you know, you're kind of the underdog in this situation. And Brock kind of looked lost for words. I don't know if that was an intentional thing that he was putting out there or if he was genuinely not, like, anticipating that to be a beginning start off for the um, whole interview. But I don't... Here's my theory. I do not see this match being bad. And, you know, I'm just now starting to, like, Braun after SummerSlam being there and seeing him in that fatal four-way. And so I'm actually starting to like Braun... And I'm saying, you know what? I actually think this match with him and Lesnar is going to be very good. And the only reason why I believe that is because Braun is not a little heavyweight, like, not heavyweight, like a cruiserweight type of person. Like, he's a big dude. He's probably one of the biggest dudes on the roster. I honestly think Lesnar is going to have to actually put in work to make this match in his favor or just good in general. And I think that when Brock Lesnar is motivated or if you get your opponent to motivate Brock Lesnar, he takes it seriously. I feel like, and I've always said this, um, WrestleMania 31, I believe, Roman Reigns versus um, Brock Lesnar. I genuinely believe if Roman hadn't punched Brock Lesnar in the face, like legit punched him in the face, I could see Brock throwing in the towel mid-match and making it suck. But because he was forcibly motivated to make that match work, that's was how good... Like, I don't care how people feel about this match. Now, that match is a classic. Yes, Roman has gone on to have way better matches with uh, way better competitors. Let's just be real, because Brock is not my favorite. But 
I still believe that this is one of their best matches in general. And I think that if Braun can get Brock motivated to do what he needs to do, that match can't be bad. I don't know how much time they're going to give it because I don't feel like Brock, stamina-wise, can really put out a great match in a long period of time. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, like figure it out. Do I think 30 minutes will be appropriate or do I think maybe 15 is more appropriate for them too? Who knows? But of course, we're going to talk about predictions at the end of the podcast. Um, And then also, last thing, the best part of Raw these last couple of weeks have been the John Cena Roman Reigns promos, you know? Um, And this week, you know, John was absent because, of course, the fans knew John was overseas doing promotion for WWE. But, you know, what I loved about what WB did with this promo is they kind of used John Cena's words against him. So a couple of years ago, um, the first John Cena versus The Rock, which happened at the WrestleMania in Miami, Cena cut this promo basically saying, you know, Rocky's never here. He says that he loves the business, but he's gone. And he then says, I'm never going away. I'm always going to be here because I love this business. And so... (laughs) Roman takes that promo, and he basically shows, mm, you said you were never going to be like Rocky, but you're basically doing everything that this man has done prior to you. And I just love this promo because it was short, it was sweet, but it got to the point. And I loved how Roman kind of, like, teased John. Because at the end of the promo with John did, he was like, oh, I'll see you, movie star. And then Roman did the same thing to Cena, and it was great. I love this feud because so far we've only been going off words, but the words have been red hot. And I'm so used to Roman swinging. I'm so used to his opponent swinging. But Cena hasn't been swinging. He's been talking, but he hasn't been swinging at all. So it's very interesting, the dynamic that they have. Now, granted, like I said, we're going to talk about predictions afterwards. But this feud has made me want to see them punch each other in the face so much more. And I'm just so... Like, I'm dying at the fact that it hasn't happened yet. Especially because they've been taking a lot of blow blows at each other. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, So that was what I was going to cover for Raw. Like I said, I'm not covering everything because everything didn't matter. And sometimes it gets too much and too boring. But I'm going to go quickly into SmackDown Live. Like I said, I haven't watched a full episode of SmackDown Live. I probably caught the last hour or so. But from what I did see, it seemed to be pretty good. You know, last week Kevin Owens attacked Vince McMahon. He did a um, five-star splash. He headbutted him. He did all this extra shit. And I have to be honest with you, watching the attack, mid-attack, I was kind of like, this is so extra. Like, it's not even convincing. Like, you know when you're whipped, like, you see somebody whipping somebody's ass, it's convincing. Like, okay, yeah, you really beat that old man's ass. Like, I'm just watching him do, like, a frog splash or whatever it was. And I'm just like, this is so stupid. You, like, I get it, you know, probably the... Powerbomb was not going to be realistic because Vince is an older guy. But I feel like there's so many things you could have done to him that would have made it really look like you're beating this old man and he's so helpless. I don't know. It's just me. I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was kind of dumb. But, you know, it's been announced that Shane and Kevin Owens will be facing at Hell in a Cell. And so Kevin Owens had an interview versus... um via satellite excuse me and he basically said he's not sorry about what he did if anything it's just going to make people realize what he's going to do to shane and it's probably going to be way worse than that because it's in a hell in a cell so i'm excited to see what they do um 
I don't know <laughs> what the buildup for them is going to be for these possible weeks, but I hope that whatever physicality they do have, they limit it, they limit it because I feel like when they show too much, they spoil the match, especially because we're about to be in the Hell in the Cell. This is the most physical match you can probably have in WWE, so we'll see about that. Next, we're going to talk about why Dolph Ziggler and his new gimmick is just not working for me. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, Dolph Ziggler has been kind of attacking certain superstars on the roster for basically being all entrance and no substance. And there have been so many people on Raw and SmackDown that he's imitated, you know, from Bailey, Naomi. Um, Ultimate Warrior last, um, last two weeks, which was really shocking. I didn't expect it. And it wasn't even like, you know, I'm assuming with these entrances, he's trying to get heat. But it's just kind of to me, it's like we don't even care anymore. You know, like this week was probably, if anything, if he would have been on Raw, I think he probably would have gotten the most heat with these entrances. But unfortunately, he comes out to Triple H and Shawn Michaels' music, DX, all of that. And of course, you know, with Shawn Michaels, that is such like a huge thing. Because he's been kind of accused of being like a low rent heartbreak heartbreak kid, and it's it sucks that when he came out to HBK HBK's music, it was so silent. Like you could drop a pin in that audience and you would hear everything. And I just felt like I hope creative saw that and they realized that there is nothing great about this gimmick. He needs to move on. He needs to do something else because it's boring. He's taking up so much promo time that could be going to matches. Or to the development of other talent. And it's just like, I don't know what to say. Like, no one's interested in Dolph Ziggler anymore. I'm sorry, we're just not. And then lastly, the women's fatal four-way for number one contendership of the women's title. So, of course, you guys know Naomi lost her title opportunity last week to Natalia based on distraction from, you know, James Ellsworth and Carmella. But this week, you know, Natty came out basically talking about women's empowerment and how she's so proud of the women in all respect. And she's talking about one specific woman. She has, like, a poster that is covered up by a cloth. It reels to be herself. Now, granted, Charlotte came back this week. You know, she was addressing the WWE Universe and basically thanking them for her love and support of her father, who had just major surgery. And he's now doing better. We're way happy to see that Rick is okay. And Natty interrupts her. So then all the other girls are now coming out. Naomi, Becky, um, Tamina are now sticking their claim that they need to be getting a title opportunity. And so <laughs> Natty is like, um, no, none of you are getting it. This is from me. I'm going to be champ forever. And so Daniel comes out and he says, um, it doesn't work like that. So what's going to happen now is Charlotte Becky, Naomi, and Tamina are all going to face each other in the main event, and whomever wins will be your number one contender at Hell in a Cell. And so we get to the main event now, and let me tell you, this match was great. It was a really good match. Um, I was into it. I was invested. I think that Charlotte came back without any hitches. She's still amazing. And I think despite her going through with her, with, with her, what happened with her dad and coming back so much better, it was great. Naomi killed it as always. Becky killed it. Tamina did what she had to do as well. I just, I'm not a fan of her and Lana yet. Like, I'm trying to figure it out, like, why is Lana qualified to be her manager? I just don't know. But 
ultimately Charlotte did pick up the pin in this fatal in this fatal four way, so she will be the number one contender for Natty's championship at Hell in a Cell. I'm hoping they get the actual Hell in a Cell match because obviously Charlotte is no stranger to that. Last year, she and Sasha Banks killed it in that Hell in a Cell match where they actually main evented the whole pay per view. So I know that her and Natty can do it. They've had great matches prior to this, so I hope it's no different than before. Um, and we'll see what happens there. That's all I'm going to talk about with SmackDown because, you know, obviously I talked about Ginger's promo prior to this. And um, there was other things that happened, but I wasn't really interested. I'm not going to lie to you to look back and see what happens. But I'm going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about No Mercy and the prediction. All right, y'all. So No Mercy is this Sunday on the WWE Network and traditional pay-per-views. Of course, if you don't have the on the WWE Network, you can get it for a one-month free trial if you're new. Of course, every month after that is $9.99 as usual. Um... As well as the May Young Classic that just ended. You guys can watch that. Or um, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn that just happened as well as SummerSlam. And then, of course, after No Mercy, it will be the SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell. So it's a lot of things coming up this month that are going to be exciting. So if you want to get the network or you know someone that already has it, definitely check it out. Um... So, of course, like, we're going to do predictions. I always do fantasy and reality booking because that's just what's easier to me. Fantasy being what I want to see but most likely won't be happening. And then reality is sometimes it can be what I don't necessarily want to see but very realistic to happening with WWE. Or sometimes it is just what I think is going to happen because after a while you tend to be kind of hip to what WWE does with booking sometimes. Of course, like all pack, um, all podcasts, I always say I do not know the order of the pay-per-view. I'm just writing it in a way that makes sense to me. If I was booking it, how I would put the show. Sometimes I just look at WB.com <laughs> and I just write down the order that they have it. So there's that. First things first, opening the show will be The Miz versus Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental title. Um... This match, Jason Jordan is really going to have to prove himself. You know, obviously he's going through such a hard time with getting the WWE Universe to be behind him. Of course, with this Kurt Angle storyline, it's been kind of hard. You know, of course, WWE fans are very selective in the bullshit storylines that they like to participate in. And, of course, this one is just too much for them because how dare Kurt Angle have a black son? But <laughs> fantasy booking, I have The Miz retaining and then reality i have jason jordan winning via dq i think the miz is gonna do what the miz does he's gonna you know put all his effort in just to cheat so there's that next match i have finn balor versus versus bray wyatt excuse me and of course this this feud i didn't talk about it with raw because i was just like they didn't put any effort into it you know finn just had like a via satellite type thing with Bray and it was boring and this feud has been underwhelming since they decided that this was going to be a thing um fantasy booking I have Finn Balor reality I have Bray you know obviously you know Finn won at SummerSlam not that I necessarily want it to be 50-50 booking or whatever it is but I think that Bray has to do something now to be taken seriously because he just hasn't and that's kind of the the downside about Bray's booking you know he said he does all these great promos right and then he gets in the ring and then he's just shit and <laughs> these people just beat him so easily so I don't know um, next match is Neville versus Enzo Amore. Um, Enzo Amore, you know, has been going through it, go through it because, like, you know, people are just beating his ass left and right. You know, when you're annoying, that's kind of what happens. So, you know, <laughs> it's, I remember SummerSlam weekend, you know, it was an announced that Enzo was going to be on 205 Live now as well as, you know, 
Raw or whatever. And so he's now competing for an opportunity at the Cruiserweight Championship. And you know Neville has been putting so much prestige on that title since the day he got it. And I'm so happy that he's still champion now. I honestly believe no shades at Kira Tozawa. He should have never lost that title, only to win it back at the SummerSlam pre-show. But with that being said, Neville, I hope this is a shoot victory. He wins within like 10 seconds. Because why the fuck else <laughs> would Neville lose his championship to an Enzo Amore? In what world does that make sense? I just, I'm sorry. So, fantasy reality booking, Neville, please, all the way. Not even a DQ victory. Like, just win. Um, and so, now we have the women's match. The Fatal Five Way. For the Raw Women's Championship, we have Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax versus Emma versus Bailey. So, like I guys told you earlier, Bailey returned on Monday, and she was added to the Fatal Five Way because you guys know um, prior to SummerSlam she was supposed to be the number one contender for Alexa Bliss but she got hurt so she's not back um, fantasy booking I actually see Nia Jax being the new champion uh, like I said you know Nia Jax booking has been very spotty you know she'll be booked really strong for like the next two weeks or so and then Sasha Banks will face her the next week and then she'll win like that but I hope that what they're gonna do now with Alexa is possibly have her you know have a program with um Nia Jax because you know they were friends prior to Nia attacking her after her win over Sasha Banks but I think Nia might win so they might have a continuation promo um I would also hope that this match starts the the Sasha Banks heel turn that we've all been waiting for against Bailey because you know Bailey returned and you know kind of helped out, but I kind of want to see what would happen if Bailey causes Sasha to not win this match. Um, we'll see though. And in reality booking, I can see Alexa winning this one. You know, Alexa's very crafty and manipulative, so it's going to be easy for her to try and steal one away when other girls are not paying attention. So there's that. I have a lot of hope for this match because, you know, for the most part, you know, people have been begging and pleading for Emma to come back. And, you know, Emma now has this opportunity. I hope that she doesn't waste it. I hope that she has the opportunity to really show everybody that, you know what, I'm here. I can do what I need to do. I wrestle very well. But for me, you know, Emma is a good wrestler, but she kind of she's kind of boring personality-wise and gimmick-wise. So I hope that whatever she does in this match will really change opinions on her, for me at least. Um, next we have the flops. Let me stop. I love the... <laughs> I made a tweet saying I found Anne Brolin so disgusting. And, you know, the girls on Tumblr were not happy. They were just posting GIFs of and manipulative pictures of Dean and Seth together. And I was just like, people are dying, and you're worried about me not liking Ambrose and Rollins together. While I do love them as talents, I just don't like them as a tag team right now. I just don't. So we have Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins versus the GOATs, Sheamus and Cesaro, and they are facing for the Raw Tag Team t um, Championships. You know, of course, I'm going to say fantasy booking is Sheamus and Cesaro all day but reality booking wise I can definitely see Dean and Seth getting it together and beating these two I don't know who the next um contenders would be possibly Gallows and Anderson but for right now that's what I'm seeing um next match the first of the two main events 
John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Y'all already know, this is the most highly anticipated match for me. I remember when I found out from WWE that Roman and Cena were going to face each other at No Mercy. I was kind of like, why? You know, this was a match that's kind of like waiting. This is like what you pay for at WrestleMania. And so when I heard it was at No Mercy, I was really confused. But at the same time, I understood that, you know what? They also have other pay-per-views over the year that they have to sell for. So every once in a while, they'll have to put on matches that probably don't make sense to us based on the pay-per-view name, but they need to sell tickets. So, fantasy booking. I have Roman Reigns. You already know, Roman Reigns is my guy. And which is so funny because years ago, when I actually started wrestling, John Cena was my favorite. John was the guy that I was just, like, so... You couldn't tell me nothing about John. Like, I pushed for him no matter what. His theme song came on. I was always the first one to be in front of the TV. Like, I just loved John down. I still love John. But Roman has now become that new guy for me where, like, when his music hits, that's who I'm waiting for. I remember... (laughs) I was saying to myself, you know, when they finally do face each other, I'm going to try to be as supportive as both of them as possible. But as these promos have been going on, I've just been like, yeah, Roman, whoop his ass. Don't let him play you. But what I love about this feud thus far is they've been the least physical feud of all the feuds for this um, particular pay-per-view. But they've been the most hard-hitting with the promos. You know, they've, they're not failing to throw any punches, especially John. You know... John being as great on the mic as he is, he's been saying what what all the fans have been wanting to say to Roman. Um, he's been pulling all the punches that, you know, we never really thought that he would pull because obviously, you know, it's very, it's one of those things where you don't bring up, you know, drug tests. And when he did, I was like, oh, wow. So he really wants to go there. So <clears throat> I already know that once the match starts and the bells go ding, ding, Roman is going to whip his ass. Like, it's going to be great. They're going to beat each other's ass so badly, and I'm going to be at home getting my whole life to it. I really do hope that this match is great. But with that being said, fantasy booking, like I said, Roman Reigns. But reality booking, I have no contest. I do not see this match having a determined winner. Now, you know, we were talking on the timeline, and we're like, you know what? Based on Roman's promo on Monday, we actually think that John might actually be the first winner of the match. <laughs> but I personally, I don't know. It's possible, you know, anything is possible in WWE. But I actually think that Vince is going to throw us a bone here. And he's going to cause a no contest where someone's going to come in and distract the two or attack them. I'm thinking The Miz and Mr. Raj at this point. Because, you know, The Miz has had his feelings towards Roman Reigns being wherever he is. And, you know, all of that. But at the same time, I kind of wonder, you know, who's going to attack John Cena, because at the end of the day, John Cena and Miz already had this promo on this program at WrestleMania, which pretty much, uh, let's be real, John kind of made it very hard for Miz to come back from that. But we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, son. This match, it makes me antsy just because I know it's going to be good. Like, this match cannot not be good. At this point, Roman has grown so much into a competitor, and so has Cena. You know, last couple of years, Cena has really grown into this wrestling business, and he's been putting on great matches. Um, So we'll just see what it is. I'm, like, really excited, though. Um, (laughs) And hopefully, God willing, I'll be there to watch it, because, you know, 
And you know when you're working and your coworkers want you to take their shift for them, and you know because you're cool with that person, you're like, I might just sacrifice no mercy just for you to take for me to take your shift. But at this point, I'm kind of like, no mercy or taking the shift that I hate closing. Like I hate closing at my job, but we'll see what happens. Y'all pray for me. I want to be home with y'all watching this match and cutting up, but we'll see. Um, and the next main event. This is what I think is going to be the actual true main event just because it's the title that's being put on the line. I think um, Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar is going to be a great one also. Um, if it does go after Cena and Reigns, it's going to have a hard time following it no matter what the result. Like it could be, you know, Cena wins or Roman wins or no contest, DQ. It could be a, the match could be shitty too. No matter what the result, I just think it's going to be such a hard match to follow just because two enigmatic—excuse uh, me, I'm trying to talk. I really apologize. It's going to be two enigmatic—I'm um, trying to say enigmatic, and it's not coming out, but two polarizing figures. Jesus Christ. It's going to be two polarizing figures. I really apologize. It's going to be two polarizing figures basically trying to um, wrestle each other in Los Angeles, of all places, you know, it's going to be crazy. So we'll see that. Um, but fantasy reality booking for Braun and um, Lesnar. I actually see Braun taking the title. I think it's time. I'm tired of having Lesnar be missing for months and then trying to come in and then have a match. I actually think that if Braun is the champion and Lesnar is chasing him for this belt, it'd be much more pleasing to others than him being the champion and Braun has to wait for him to come back or one of our dates he's obligated to be there I'm sick of it now like and you know it's crazy that I'm saying this because you know months ago I was so anti-Strowman but now that I've seen what he can do live and how he's really putting it all the way in 100% in terms of like his passion and his talent we don't need Lesnar anymore. We've never needed Lesnar for some time. But, of course, you know, with him still being popular with these fans, which I don't get, it's time for a new champion. It's time for a shakeup. It's time for Vince to cause some commotion on my timeline again that doesn't have to do with Roman. Let's, <laughs> let's do this and see what happens. That's what I think. But that was my No Mercy predictions. Of course... I cannot wait for this pay-per-view. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be on fire. Um, really quickly, I just wanted to say something. Um, I kind of wish Paris was here because then we would talk about it together. But, you know, for the last couple of months, we've been doing this podcast. And um, it's been great. You know, we've been having a lot of support from you guys, especially when I met some people at SummerSlam. And they were really just saying how they love the podcast. And it really meant a lot to me. Um but at this point, I kind of feel like I'm at the standstill with this podcast. Like, I feel as if there's so much more I could be doing. There's so much more I need to be doing with this podcast, and it's not doing what I want it to. I feel like, for me, because I love what we're doing here, you know, it's two black women talking about WWE. It's very rare that I come across, you know, podcasts like this, especially in regard to wrestling. You know, it's, it's easier to put out a pop culture podcast because, you know, everybody talks about pop culture. Duh, it's popular culture. Like, what else would anything thrive off of? But um, I just wanted to say this, and I hope I don't upset anyone in saying this, that people that generally listen to us on a biweekly basis. But I think after today, this is going to probably be our last podcast for a while. Um, you know, a lot of people always, like, talk about how 
pricey podcasting is like when you produce one it's very it's not cost effective if it's not cheap it's not something that you can just do and you're good to go like we don't make money off this podcast i wish we were i wish we had sponsors i really do but we don't and it's, it's money out of my own pocket and unfortunately we're at a crossroads right now where in order for me to be where I want to be in terms of this podcast, I need to take a break. So I really do apologize to any people who've listening. Even if you're a first-time listener, I really do apologize. But I think after today, um, we're going to take a, a, a break. So think of this like a season finale, if you will. Um, of course, I'm going to talk to Paris and see like what works for her in terms of when we should come back. But I personally believe if we're going to come back at all, I think we're going to probably do it next year in January. Probably the, the podcasts or the predictions for Royal Rumble, depending on what's going on. Because, you know, right now, Paris and I are, like, in the process of saving for WrestleMania because we do want to go to New Orleans. And we have plans with Colby and her friends. And we want to, like, rent a house or whatever it is or a hotel room. And we want to be able to go and have fun. And as of right now, you know, this podcast is taking up my money and my time, and I'm not really getting much back. And while I love doing it, let me just say that again. I love doing this podcast, but I just need to take a break and figure out what it is that I want to do with this and how I want to make it better and brighter for you guys. Um, so with that being said, I really, like I said, I really do apologize. Um, I didn't want to bring anybody's mood down, but this is probably going to be the last podcast for a while. Um... I thank you guys for listening. Like, honestly, you guys are so dope. Like, I never thought within the three years that we've been doing this podcast, and I can't believe it's been three, honestly, that we would have so many people support us that would listen to us, that would give us feedback, or even, like, when we ask you guys on Twitter, like, what kind of topics do you want to talk about, you guys give us all these ideas and things that you want to hear us talk about. And I really do appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Um... So it makes it kind of difficult, but I really do want to thank you guys for all the support. Hopefully when we come back, if we do come back at all, um, we'll be able to be better. We'll be able to have more listeners, more interactive followers. Like you guys email us and tweet us a lot, whether it be during or after pay-per-views. Like we'll do a lot more. We'll try to be more open to you guys. Um, so yeah, so if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Cookies and Cree. C-O-O-K-I-E-S-A-N-D-C-R-E-E. Right now I have a picture of Sasha Banks in 2K18. So if you see that um, picture, that is me. Um, and we also, and if you want to follow Paris, of course, because she's like the goofy fun one. Parexo, P-A-R-E-E-X-O on Twitter. Um, and I just want to, once again, thank you guys. Um, I know that it's going to be a, probably a while for the next podcast. And... I really do apologize for, like, doing this whole entire podcast and then springing this on y'all. But it's something that we got to do. So I want to thank you again for your support and all of that. Um, so, yeah, it's a beautiful day in New York. It's not too hot, not too cold. We're still getting kind of the winds from Hurricane Jose and Irma. But I'm going to go try to enjoy this day. You guys do the same. Be good and make good decisions, guys. Adios. <laughs>